I've often found that so interesting that we say that in radio and in television. We use the term live from. And I've often thought, yes, I understand what it means. It means that basically you are at a venue as opposed to in your studio. Or in the graveyard. But why do we say live? Well, we're not dead. You know, like live and unplugged. It would be a bit bit difficult to not be live. <laughs> if you were unplugged, depending on where you were, you probably wouldn't Maybe be Maybe you wouldn't be alive. <laughs> this yeah. is true. Can, Hello, I plug, Alan? can I plug the vacuum cleaner in here, please? Uh, no. <laughs> that sucks. It's nice to have you in the studio, Mr. Malinick. It's quite nice to be here. Thank you, Mr. Rotherham. For some reason, I don't know why, it feels like it's considerably longer than a week since last we spoke. Tempest Fugit, I think. What does that mean? Time flies when you're having fun. Time flies. Just not even when you're having fun. It just time flies. flies. Yes. Time flies like you're having fun. What's that thing about time? Fruit flies. Fruit, it's like right. bananas. Fruit like bananas. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's uh, nice to nice to see you in the studio. I was, and I was chuckling just now about about Lorette's story about Tiger Woods. Yes. And was was he? I was thinking. Was he using the wrong driver? Perhaps. <laughs> oh. <laughs> was, Al- was he speeding or was he just putting along? No, Alan's no, in, was in, definitely. Well, definitely they. Say you were speeding. You're on top form today, I'll tell hey? Tell you what. No <laughs> handicap here. Oh, yo, go, boy. Have you been spending time with Dave Paulson by any I, chance? I haven't, but does he play golf? I don't know. Does Dave play golf? I, I don't, don't think, think so. Because so. I've, I've I think got he's, a... he's, he's had the odd swing now and then. <laughs> <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I'm, I've, I'm not sure. I'm a gentleman a... play golf, and Dave Paul is absolutely a gentleman, so maybe he does. It's possible then. It's possible. Um, but what were you thinking, aside from the puns, about Tiger Woods? I mean, shame. He, he, I remember he went through a really rough patch, and he looked like, I was going to say something, but I'll be polite. He looked terrible. Okay. And then he made a comeback, do you remember? Mm. And yeah. started cleaning up again and, and really did very well for himself. I think he, he, he either became addicted to drugs or alcohol, if I remember correctly. Alcohol. He sort of he fell, off the, uh, fell off the rails. Yeah. Um, is he still actively playing now as a professional golfer or yes. has he retired? No, he's just he's got a back injury. He's had his fifth surgery, his fifth Yo. back surgery. Wow. But um, See why yeah. you shouldn't play golf. From, is that it's from fine. carrying beer cases or something? <laughs> but but the, the, the reason for the question was this is an accident that potentially may really mm. harm his professional career because sure. you're yeah. saying it's, it's serious injuries to his legs. To his legs, yes. Sure. And I mean, he's already got the, the back issue, so he's going to be in a wheelchair. So yeah, no, you can use a that, golf cart, man. <laughs> but you can't exactly play off the golf cart, can well, you? You can. It's kind of like polo, but it's probably frowned upon. It's It's probably like... Shooting clay pigeons with a pump action or something like that. No. It's just not done, you not know. Part it's not of the sporting, rules. you know. It's not sporting, what? Speaking of not being sporting, and we are not going to overtake your show, but I did ask as we started uh, the show today, Alan Malinick with us in studio for the Malinick Hour. If you'd like to connect with us, head along to the Malinick Hour on Telegram. Uh, you can also find us on Telegram as Caxton Radio. But we got chatting about this Coca Cola oh. thing that's doing the rounds. I saw this photograph. I think it was two days ago. Yeah. It was a can of Coke in someone's hand, and the inscription on the uh, the tin or, or the slogan was, Be Less White. That's right. Be and I saw this, white. and I thought, oh, gosh, come on. This is doctored. Clearly, this is yeah. doctored. And then I looked again, and, and I, I realized it was doctored, but I kind of read into why the person who'd posted it had posted it. And it led me to a few websites um, including one of the major financial websites where I see now this whole thing that's blown up seemingly is is factual, where Coca-Cola, believe it or not, have been suggesting to their staff that they should be 
inverted commas, less white. Uh, this is while they are offering online training. And obviously some whistleblower within the Coca-Cola company has now shared some screenshots and some content. Uh, the giant soft drink manufacturer has been slammed for this, uh, this racial discrimination. And obviously I then put two and two, two and two together and I realized that the reason the can had those words on it is somebody did Photoshop that to make the point that this is what Coca-Cola was promoting throughout their business. Um, the slides apparently come from a video called Confronting Racism with Robin D'Angelo, uh, who is an author and consultant who argues that white people are complicit in racist structures unless they actively work to be anti-racist. Now, I don't want this to become a political show, and I, I'm sure that's not what Alan wants. No. Um, the, uh, th- this, this person who has been uh, cited as providing the content, uh, Robin D'Angelo, if I remember correctly, has said, no, this has been taken completely out of context. But the damage is done. Uh, The fact that the Coca-Cola company is acknowledging that um, the global training program from which these slides were taken, it's called their Better Together program. It's all part of a plan to help to build an inclusive workplace, they say. Uh, The training happening across the LinkedIn learning platform. So obviously it was for private viewers. But I'm guessing that somehow, somewhere, somebody decided, oh, this is nice and juicy. I'm juicy. going to share it, which yeah. always happens. It's the same as when people share their private parts on WhatsApp groups and then get surprised when it's on the front page of some or other magazine or, or newspaper. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they, I think, are going to be in hot water because there's already a number of fairly well-known lawyers who have said that uh, – the company is going to be li- uh, um, uh, guilty of uh, blatant racial discrimination. So let's see. Uh, I put it on my Facebook page this morning. I'm actually quite happy to stop drinking Coke. And if this is the push over the edge, um, you know, if, if thanks to the skin I'm in, if you are going to suggest that I'm perhaps not the, not the right person for your product, no worries. No problem. I will switch to Pepsi. Uh, which I'm told is already happening, whether people will continue that or in a couple of weeks return to what they were drinking. But either way, I think it's disgusting. I think it would be equally disgusting to distance yourself from any racial group, not just from whites, because I happen to be white. I think if a brand like Coca-Cola is identifying itself with any group, whatever that group is, whether it's a religious group, um, a, 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 a group of people who identify themselves in a specific manner sexually, whether it's a, a group of race or based on race, I just don't think companies are doing themselves any good identifying with that brand uh, or that market. I wonder, are they going to change the color of the Coca-Cola? Oh, what you mean, the Coke itself? Yeah, oh, that's a good cause, question. Because maybe some people find that offensive. Yeah. You know, what's ridiculous, I haven't investigated this. I did see the the whole, well, some of the link and, and some of the graphics and all of that. But I haven't investigated it properly. But it did remind me <clears throat> of a few days earlier, I came across something on YouTube where there was a discussion about uh, in somewhat liberal or um, left-leaning schools in New York, I think it is, and it might be occurring in other places as well, that um, there there was some teaching going on and and some information being garnered and, and offered about eight varying degrees of whiteness and 
I, um, I remember looking at this and thinking, what is wrong with the world? Because we are now affecting children at school with this nonsense and saying, well, if, if you're at level eight here, you're a white supremacist. And if you're at level one, you're an apologist or whatever. You know, they've got these lovely little liberal labels that they attach to this this nonsense and all I see any of this doing in the long term is causing segregation which in normal societal terms is an automatic thing anyway people of like mind and uh, <clears throat> similar background will gravitate towards each other they will congregate with each other anyway that True. is that is a given and I don't care how much lipstick you want to put on the pig it will remain a pig a pig yep. and you know this this is true of any society anywhere on the planet throughout history and I wonder at the motivation behind things like this, whether it's the Coca-Cola thing or whether it's the stupidity of trying to now teach white children in schools that they shouldn't be white or shouldn't behave like that or that they should listen to rap music or, or whatever it is. I wonder at the motivation behind it because I, I am not going to apologize to anybody for the fact that my skin is the color that it is. And a black person in this day and age shouldn't do that either but they would be the last person to do that in fact the opposite would be true if someone that was black or of a different color you know a skin tone to mine or yours was asked to apologize for being different there would be hell to pay now you have to ask yourself why is it that the let's call them white people predominantly, are being targeted with this type of stupidity. Why is it that, and, and yes, we understand that there is racism and white people can behave like that. But I tell you, I know colored people that are racists. I know Indians that are racists. Of course. I don't, I know, I don't think it's no, I particular to any, any race exactly. across the board. Yeah. In, in fact, I'll tell you now that I've come across more black people in, in my existence that are racially biased than, than white people. Maybe that's just because of the people that I hang around with. Yep. I don't know. Mm. But the reality is that you're going to have bad apples in any any ethnic segment of society and if you start focusing on the problem not being the problem and wanting to correct it you it's the wrong way you're going about fixing the problem in the wrong way well there isn't a problem in the first place you're exactly. creating your own problem which in turn needs yeah. fixing it didn't exist before Exactly. Well, I suppose we're saying that as people who would be described as being privileged. So perhaps sure. to have this conversation with someone who is yeah. less privileged, it would take a completely different turn. And, and I, I think we are entering dangerous water here, Alan, because I don't think yeah. that there is a right and a wrong. I genuinely don't. I think, well, I think there's a right and a wrong in terms of racism, period, being wrong. I, I think that whichever sure. way it goes, yeah. racism for what it inherently Means, I mean, if you had to Google the definition of racism, I would hazard a guess that it would be something along the lines of um, discrimination against an individual based on the color of their skin. Sure. Let's see how right I am. 
Um, and and it, it has to be something close to that. And prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism by an individual community or institution against a person or people on the basis of their membership of a particular racial or ethnic group. There you go. Typically one that is minority or marginalized, which often makes me raise my eyebrows because here in South Africa, the population groups that are in the minority just so happen to generally be the minority or the, the, the population groups who are most often accused of this behavior. Well, there's that, and the, there's, there's definitely a, a bias as far as business and finance and everything like that is concerned and development in this country. There's definitely a bias against people with lighter colored skin. It's, that's the simple reality. But the it, argument uh, there would, I think, be given that, well, for the last however many decades. Sure, but what, what let's, let's be realistic now. Are, are we trying to redress some imbalance by skewing the thing the other way? Yes. Or are we trying to drag everybody up to the same level? See, this is, this is where I think a lot of people go you know, down the wrong path here. Instead of trying to drag everybody up and educate people and make them realize that they can be more that they can achieve more instead of picking them up they try and push others down Mm -hmm. now why is it that you would try and climb the ladder by standing on someone's head probably because it's easier than not standing on someone's head exactly exactly so we get we're getting into the political territory here again and that it keeps on coming back to the same damn thing if you cannot manage the problem if you don't understand how to manage the problem don't be put in charge of the problem. Mm. And one of the problems, of course, is that the people that are in charge of managing it don't have the gumption to recognize that they can't do so at, to the detriment of others. Yeah. This, this is a thing that I find it. We were talking about this, my wife and I, actually, just two days ago, and we were talking about something that has been happening within their business at the Elmen Tree. So Zena is one of the, or the project manager, basically, for the Elmen Tree, which is a non-profit. It's a, essentially, it's an orphanage in simple terms. Yeah. Um, it's a whole lot more than that, but for the purposes of this conversation, that's what it is. And we were just chatting about all the people they have in the various positions at this non-profit organization. And what is frightening is that there is a massive drive to having a certain sector of the population in these positions. In fact, as an NPO, you are required by law to fulfill certain criteria and tick the boxes, just like many corporates. Demographic representation. The problem is that a large number of the people who, who are filling these positions are frankly just blatantly incapable. No matter how much training and teaching, no matter how many courses, no matter how much upskilling, they are just square peg round hole. Exactly. And that can't be fixed because the piece of paper says this is how the picture will be. Now, and you as a business or a non-profit, or, and I'm sure you may have experienced this in, in your own company, in your own situation, you're not allowed to put a square peg in a square hole or a round peg mm-hmm. in a round hole if that peg is deemed to be uh, the wrong color. Let's call it what it is. And, and I think we can have these conversations at length. And it goes back to what we've discussed many times. Nothing is going to change until the system changes. The system is broken. And I don't think the system is going to change here. I think the only time there may be some let up is when the bucket has eventually 
leaked out completely and there is not a drop of money left in this country. Mm-hmm. A little bit like what's happening. I've been reading uh, some of the comments made in Zimbabwe yeah. about uh, the, the regret now looking back 30 odd years or however <laughs> long it is. The, the regret that certain people have. Yeah about decisions that were made regard, regarding farming in Zimbabwe yeah. and how, looking back on it, it probably wasn't the right thing probably to not. boot out all the old uh, and bring in the new because actually what that's done 30 years later is contribute to the absolute collapse of the country. But it took 30 years or 20 years or however long it was. Oh. I didn't really want to talk about this. Okay, not, bye. Not yet. There we go. Mic's off. <laughs> yeah? But I'm going to. You may. Because And if you'd like to join in this conversation, by the way, you're welcome to Caxton Radio on uh, Telegram and also the Malinic Hour, M-A-L-L-I-N-I-C-K. I'm just throwing in there that that is exactly what is happening at SABC, who I work for as well. Yes, you've been there for a few years. I've been there for 24 years. As a freelance. As a, a, as a contractor. As yes. a contractor. So no, they, no. Would, they would give you a contract they, every year, yes, basically. Yes, they put like, you on contract so they don't have to pay you pension or medical aid, Same basically. as what Highfelt and Jack Aranda do. Anyone, all, all the okay. media companies do that, yeah. Um, uh, certain individuals there have been trying to get rid of a, a couple of us for a number of years, um, but have not managed to do so because they've been somehow convinced of our value. Um, I believe that it was uh, uh, myself and another uh, a gentleman who's been a, a voiceover artist for 30-odd years who've been asked to leave now. But today I find out that apparently now SABC's plan, the great plan to rescue SABC. You know what the problem is with SABC while well, they've got no money? Do well, you know why? Lots of problems. No, 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 no. It's all the existing voiceover artists. They've all got to go. They've all got to go. All that experience, everything goes now, okay? They want all new, all new, new people mm. who haven't had Two weeks, you know, but, but two that, years training, uh, experience, whatever. Is that as a measure to cost save, uh, to, to, to cut costs, sorry? No. Or save costs? No, to they've, they've got to replace us. To rectify the problem. So excuse, it's absolute nonsense. Me, what's the problem, actually? The problem what's, what's is that the SABC is SABC's so bloody hopeless ah, there we go. Um, and corrupt and yeah. inept and inefficient and however many other words you can think of along those lines yeah. that they, they couldn't run a Bath. alcoholic party in a brewery. Mm. I was going to use another word, but we mm. won't because this is a family show. Um, so, so, and look, I don't think any of us want to make this personal, and it's unfortunate that you're in the position mm. that you're in, where so you I'm are someone careful, who, yeah. yeah. And, and I think we do need to be careful about what road we drive this conversation down. Yeah, but sure. The reality is, here's someone who's sitting in the studio, yeah. who happens to be a white female, who happens to have. 30 years experience as a voice mm-hmm. uh, who happens to have been doing voiceover work with the SABC for 20 what? 24 years. 24 years. And look, don't get me wrong. Uh, I mean, it happened to me at Highfelt. It happened to me at Jacaranda. Mm. I was called into a meeting and told uh, very unceremoniously, I think that's the word, thank you very much. We don't need you anymore. Mm. Mm. The fact that at that time, seven, seven other people with the same skin tone as me at Jacaranda also left. Mm. Um, shouldn't have any bearing on things. But mm. you do think about these things afterwards because you think, well, 
what I was told was this, but what you're showing me sure. is something completely different. And it's and it's difficult not to recognise the pattern, isn't it? Mm. It is, and, it's and across I, the board. And I think what is what is frustrating for someone who has talent, and it can be any talent. I'm not just talking about the entertainment industry, mm. what Lorette does, what we do. Yeah. It could be you could be working as well, as, as an accountant. I, you could I, be a farmer. A you pilot. I, I know a pilot that this has happened to at SAA, and he's he's not the only one. I mean, multiple pilots have had have landed in the same in the same boat. Uh, and, and and I think what the point that, that, that Lorette's making here is it's not as if the position disappears. Mm. It's not as if guys we're changing the focus of the company. We don't need voices anymore. Yeah. I'm pretty certain the SABC still needs sure. voices. They still need voiceovers. Of course they, they, they're still just replacing us. Continuity off exactly. off camera continuity presenters. The question will be, who are they going to replace you with? Exactly. And how much are they well, going to be paying those that's, people? That's that's the thing that I, mm. I sort of look at, especially where, for instance, SAA is concerned, pilots. You want to take a guy that's got 25 years worth of commercial flight experience and all of a sudden give that job to some guy that's just... To a novice with a couple of hundred hours. Yeah. Who just, just fits the criteria, fits the criteria for becoming a commercial pilot. Exactly. Rather than actually, fly SAA, so... Well, Suits them right, um, but but, but the but the, the piece behind it, the thinking behind it, is absolutely faulty. How absolutely it defies logic. In fact, I want to just say one more thing, and that is that um, both myself and Anton Decker, who's um, uh, also being let go, I know Anton. Yeah, very legend yeah. voiceover artist. He um, was in Ordinary People with me. He's yeah, an actor as yes, well. He was on the yes. Afrikaans soapies for yes, many years. That's yeah. Um, some some people um, I've got to be very careful how I phrase this but for instance I can only speak for myself I'm currently doing a project with one producer mm-hmm. that is such a personal project we, we, we do promos every week and it's for a certain program and it's a certain style and it's my voice and it's this and that and I've become sort of synonymous with synonymous. the I, I, I'm the person who speaks to this person in the in the in the yeah. program saying excuse me wake up you know uh, yeah. and that's just going to stop now yep. that's but just going to stop and, and they've tried motivating for us that it's really important. The other thing that's important as is Lorette is always available. She's been reliable for 24 years. Uh, we've had no problems, blah, 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 blah. No, but I would argue that, that none of that on a, on a piece of paper in front of a decision no. maker, no, none irrelevant. of that makes, makes any difference, just like the number of hours no. that the commercial pilot has, exactly. just like the experience the farmer mm. has with working with farming implements and, and yielding the best harvest. None of that matters because mm. all that does matter at the moment is ticking the box mm. that says, exactly. am I poli- politically, politically correct as I need to be, mm. exactly. with very little regard for the outcome and mm. what, what's coming out of the pipe at the end. So one of two things are going to happen here. They're either going to let, well, they are going to let you go. They're going to replace you with whoever it might be, paying them whatever it is that they are paying them. Mm. And one of two things is going to happen. It's either going to work or it isn't. And at that point, it starts to get interesting because <laughs> if it works with the new person, and let's also not have our own what's-its up our bums, we are all replaceable. Sure. No one, the no the voices you love on the radio, the faces you love on television, oh. your favorite local parliamentarian, your councillor, the, the guy who runs the deli at the pick and pay, everyone is replaceable. Sure. The question will be, if somebody else takes your shoes and carries on doing the job, 
can they fill them? Can they do the job, I suppose, exactly. is, 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 the, is the question. If they can, well, then great. You move on and you chin up and you find something else because SHIT happens. If they are incapable, but they remain in the position that they're in, having taken out somebody who was capable, that's where I start having a massive problem with mm. this because then these things collectively all start adding up to why the country is like it is. Exactly that. Because guess what? The person who's doing the radio ad for your latest ad on, on commercial radio isn't being paid the three and a half thousand rand that someone like us would get. Mm. They're being paid 500 bucks because they tick the box and it's a cost-saving mechanism and uh, nobody will notice. Mm. Well, guess what? People do notice. Mm. And guess what? If you have a good voice, and I'm sorry I'm using that as an example because that's our industry. If you have a good voice, you are going to sell more cars or you are going to get more attention or your viewership is going to be better it's the whole spend money to make money and you have a loyalty and a following what's different to to us uh, from an actress or whoever who who does voice you know acting or anything and and gets paid more and more and more because they become more and more professional they've got more and more experience in england if you look at television the television hosts grow old with yep. the audience. So do radio presenters. Yes, yeah. radio presenters. Yeah. People are comfortable listening. You know, well, you have a bad well, day. You want to hear a familiar voice. Yeah. It, they, our SABC2 is all about coming home and whatever. Mm. So what are you going to come home to? All these new squeaky voices? Oh, look, look, let's also remember one thing. We were new in the industry once. You were new once. I was new once. I probably the, took... The difference with that is that you worked your way up into the industry. You weren't inserted into it. Absolutely. At, and at I was an just going to say that. Mm. We were capable. Exactly. When I started on High Felt at 23 years of age, yeah. I sounded as if, without being arrogant, I'd been on the radio yes. for a while. And because I had. Yes, me sure. too. The difference now is, as, you, as, you, as you're saying, you put somebody in a position because they have X number of Facebook followers or X number of Twitter followers who they probably paid for and, and bought anyway. Mm. Uh, they are now in the world of radio and entertainment. They are, they are using the, the term now. I, I, I don't like the term at all. Um, but the term that they're using, it's just at my mind, is influencer. Yes. So, oh, yeah. so they, they would sooner <laughs> they would sooner have an influencer on a radio station yeah. doing what what by radio terms you would define as a terrible radio show because that person seemingly has these tens of thousands of followers and when they talk about a product in the mind of whoever's hired them, wow, this is going to offer a far better return to whoever's selling their cornflakes and and Coca-Cola. And that's the key. It's in the mind of the person that's hiring them. It's not reality. It's not reality. And, And just one thing, what Paul said earlier on, when we came into the industry, don't think that we just walked in. It wasn't like this. No. We, we had the talent and the ability because there were probably, there were thousands of people who were trying to do yes. what we were oh, doing yeah. and just didn't and make the And you were learning cut. and you learned to do what, yeah. what you do. Just as, as, a, as a toolmaker, yeah. I did an apprenticeship. I learned to do. And after that, then I really started learning. That's right. You know? But you weren't, as you said, you weren't inserted into a position no. because you happened to be Alan Melanick. Because, because the know. people within the system knew that if you do that, it breaks the system. It's that simple. And the evidence of the broken system is all around us, mm. throughout the continent, in fact, throughout the world. Now, something that I always am surprised at is how it's not, it doesn't seem that anyone really focuses on the, the detrimental or the, the, the damage that it does in the long term. I cannot believe that they are 
not able to see it and the fact that they continue to behave in this manner yeah. um, the fact that they do that means that it is absolutely intentional that if they cannot see that the that the result is that you end up with everything being broken and eventually the lights don't even need to be turned off because there's no electricity. If they cannot see that, surely they, they shouldn't be there in a position well, to. One of the things that we've missed in this conversation is that along the way, as part of this journey, while the product and what comes out the pipe at the end is suffering, mm. the people who are involved in the process just get richer and richer and richer. And here's and richer. another aspect. And here's another aspect of it. The people that are doing the producing, the people that are being sidelined and maligned, the ones that are actually productive still and paying tax and paying rates and, and all of that, they are too damned, and excuse me, all the ratepayers out there, brace yourself, you're too damn stupid to realize what's being done to you because they sit there and they go, oh, well, we'll just be law-abiding citizens and we'll pay over our money every month and... Don't worry about the fact that every rand you earn, you probably only see 25 cents of it at the end of the day. On a good day. Yeah, on a good Mm. day. But then my question there to you, and you're a smart guy, my question is, okay, what do I do? Because I can tell you now, I've I've got a group, a WhatsApp group for my street with most of our residents on our street on that group. If I put a message on that group this afternoon and I said, guys, I've decided I am boycotting paying my rates and taxes. I am pretty pretty certain that I would get very little if if no support from no. anyone else on the street because the fear and the belief would be, oh, no, we I'll have to you. pay our rates and taxes because if they don't, yes. if we don't pay it, we're going to be cut off exactly. and we need the electricity, we need exactly. the water, et cetera, et cetera. So unless you can guarantee that everyone yep. is going to take action, exactly, you're fighting a lost battle. It's no different to what Robbie P was doing when he was involved with this Move One Million. Mm. You know, they got all excited about the fact that they had... I don't know, 15, 20 cars arrive. Yes. And while I, I, I salute people who do that, because I'm often one of the people who is in the handful of cars or the handful of people who pitches up to clean a lake or pick up rubbish, I'm one of those people, and I'll, I'll happily continue doing that because it's what I believe makes a difference. But very few people do. It's, it's, it's so easy for us to have this conversation now or put it on Facebook or post something on Twitter. But to actually be the one who is making the difference. And we've, we've had these conversations yeah, before. There's one word. Say, we've spoken apathy. about apathy, exactly. Yeah. We've spoken about that repeatedly and it, it remains to be it remains the problem. I've had multiple instances of that on it proved to me multiple times in the community that I live in where you try and get people to support an initiative and you will get the same old people. Mm-hmm. The same twenty, thirty if you're lucky, 40 people. And even that support will wane over time. And It's no different to the Coca-Cola thing that started this conversation. Yeah. There will be an uproar now. Yeah. There will be some comments. Exactly. Some people will probably vote with their pocket and stop buying Coca-Cola if they feel that this whole thing offends them. Others might talk about it and stick a post up on Facebook. And a couple of weeks later, when it's a bri, guess what cold drink they're going to be buying? Yeah. Um, that is how we are. We are fickle. It's, it's news today and it's gone tomorrow. Well, people are not individuals. They're programmed. And they're, they're programmed to not be individuals, of course. And again, this is another thing I've spoken about. And um, you know, One of the things I wanted to chat about earlier was this whole noise versus signal thing, or the, the theory of that in, in my mind and the Internet and how people are pretending to be one thing online and um, are, in fact, actually something else completely where you know they're trying to give the impression that they 
do good things, say good things, and you know, toe the line, and are are acceptable in a in a social media type context. But in reality, they are they 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 do this, I think, because they are shying away from being who they could be. They haven't even the gumption to sit quietly with their own thoughts and analyze them and decide what it is that they want out of life. And one can understand that at a, you know, if, if at an individual level people are not interested in being something for themselves without having to display that to the world, um, you know, put that persona out there, if they're not even interested in that, then how can we en masse you know, take advantage of the fact that organizing them in a, in a very basic way will allow us to accomplish all sorts of things like actually keep the lights on and keep the streets clean and get uh, you know get 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 some tar where there were potholes and things like that but actually everybody's just interested in towing the line just doing enough to get by and one of the problems with this is that eventually it will get to a point where it's so damned bad that no one will even moan anymore because, you know, there's no tar. You can remember 50 years ago when there was tar on the road, and now it's just potholes, and now it's just dirt. We had this conversation when we were running the other day. My mate Ian, we were out in the plots. He said, do you know, I remember running on this road when I moved up from the Cape like 30 years ago. He said, I remember running on this road. It was out in the plots, probably not far from where you are, out um, Queensbury Road, out the back back of of Coppenong. He said, you know, guys, I remember when this and the road we were running on was absolutely atrocious. It didn't look like a tar road. It looked like a gravel road. He said, I remember when this was a gravel road. Yeah. And we sort of thought, yeah, he was joking about the fact that that it is a gravel road again. But he said, amazingly, it wasn't long after he moved up from the Cape that it became a beautiful tarred road. And he said for years it was this beautiful, well-maintained tar road. And he remembers clearly them building it and him not being able to run on that road for a while while it was being tarred. And he said gradually over the years... They patched it and it fell apart and after heavy rains there'd be more holes and they fixed those and it was still okay but eventually they stopped fixing it. And you know now it has returned, I kid you not, it has returned to a gravel road again. The tar has all but disappeared. There's a few little patches here and there. Mm. That and you that, daren't hit them. Yeah, well, I mean, you're running, so you're kind of dodging holes. But it, it just it, it it kind of made us all realize we were running in a group, and it just made us realize that that's exactly what's happening: is things went from not existing to existing, to being repaired and serviced and maintained, to not being repaired and serviced. The next step in this is to not existing. Exactly. And 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 I, I spoke to somebody. Who was it? And so, I said, sorry to interrupt you. Not existing. That that ties in with this whole whiteness thing as well, because I'll tell you now. And you know what? Whoever's listening can shout at me if they think this is a racial thing. I, I actually don't care. Bring bring it. This this consistent move to make white people less white is aimed at making white people not exist eventually. The you know if if things naturally migrate towards interracial um, procreation, whatever. If it's naturally, if that's a natural evolution, that's fine. But to intentionally 
target one racial group because of some imagined stupidity and say, well, no, no, you, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't have the rights to this. You shouldn't have the rights to that. You need to get away from this. This is all aimed at that's getting racist. rid of. That is racist. Of course it is. But that's fine. Of course it is. Isn't it, isn't it also, sorry, I know we, I'm really going off at a tangent here, but isn't it also interesting that the people that are accused of this mm. the most mm. seem to, in, in my estimation anyway, seem to be the people that are the least interested in actually mm. uh, drawing racial comparison. Mm. Mm. All of the other people seem to be hell-bent on comparing race to race and color to color. I couldn't give a damn what color the guy is that runs the country or just brings, let him brings, be capable. Just let him be capable. Let yeah. him let him drive the ice cream truck properly. I don't give a damn if he's white or green or purple yeah, or if I he agree. comes from China or, exactly. or Ghana or just the bottom line is do your do damn it. job. Do it properly. But also don't get given the job because yeah. well yeah. Because is, you're not white. This is to make up for the last 50 years. Yeah. Exactly. Look, I think we should end the, the, the conversation here because I think it does, uh, or it may have the chance of going down a dangerous, slippery well, slope. I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, I think you're right. And I, I'll tell you what I will do, though. I think we're going to have a bit of a panel discussion online about this and do a bit of a podcast about it because I think it's a very, I think it's a relevant topic. Very much And I so. think it's a thing that's avoided as well. And I think in fairness... What we should be doing is engaging with other people because I can tell you now there are a few um, fairly intelligent non-white Absolutely. people who are in I'll, my circle who would 100%. join us in this studio today 100%. and would be 100% yeah. in agreement with what we are saying. Yeah. So I don't want you to think that what you're hearing now is a bunch of, of racists sitting no. in the studio. That is not the case at all. You know, and when I was in – sorry, I'm interrupting you again. No, carry on. When I was in, when I was in, in hospital, I met a guy called Dumi, a wonderful black guy. Really, do me a black guy? No, no. seriously, no, he was. <laughs> yeah, no, he was. But in the bed next to me, and we had that good, sounds wrong. Good, good. Well, next, next, do me. next, next, bed, next bed. But um, yeah, it, but he was. Uh, that, that was well, well timed. You nearly t-boned the whole thing there. Sorry, it's okay. But a thinking human being. Yeah, no color involved. Doesn't matter. Yeah, doesn't matter. You know the, the the black chick that was holding my hand when I was on the verge of like shuffling off the planet. I wasn't I wasn't lying there having her hold my hand and thinking yeah, it's a black chick holding my hand. No, this was a human being. That's, and someone that's the who, thing. who you hoped and I think who proved her capability as a nurse. 100%. There. Full empathy. 100%. No, just right person, right time, human, human. Yep. No color, no nothing. So we need to get to that at every juncture. And that is what's difficult. Exactly. Because unfortunately, there are a lot of people who do judge somebody's inability based on I, their skin I, tone. I, I, yeah. What I was going to say about the Dumi guy was that we had, we had conversations about racism and, and racial connotations and because of what was happening in the hospital and in, in the ward and stuff that we were hearing and all of that and it was very very interesting and it shifted beyond racism to tribalism yeah and i got really interested interesting perspectives on on tribal um mentality uh, men, yeah, segregation segregation and you know because this guy's a Zulu and that guy's a Koza or you know or maybe this bloke is from Zim or whatever the the animosity that's just automatically expected and there that and it's 
Yet again, I think if you put a room, let's use the term a room of, of African people from these various tribes. If yeah. you put them in a room and let's make it a bunch of dads with children. And you said yeah. to them, what, what do you want out of life? What do you want out of South Africa? Yeah. I'm pretty certain that every male father in that room would say exactly the same thing as every other male father of any other racial group, regardless of their tribal background. And that would be, we'd like to feel safe in our homes. We'd like to have the ability to earn a decent living. That's it. We'd like to live a comfortable life. We'd like to educate our children. We'd like to know that we are going to leave the planet in a better way than we found it yep. and that our future generations will be better off than we were. If, if you really drill down into it, yeah. whether it's your gardener, your housekeeper, your banker, the president, the guy that's got a gun to your head at the traffic light, whoever it is, really, if you, if, if you had to drill down into what they want as human beings, I honestly believe we all want the same things. What more could you want, actually? Well, I guess greed comes into it. But if you look at the sure. whole Maslow's oh, yeah. um, hierarchy and, and, and needs, you know, ultimately we, we do all want the same thing. It's yeah. just that the muddy uh, the, or the water, I think, gets muddied. And, and I think that the media does a wonderful job of feeding that. I was going to say it's intentional, though, and that, that's the evil of, of all of this. And it's one of the things that I harp on constantly about on the Internet being a, a potential for good, but also being potentially evil that it is. Well, it, it's not potentially evil. It is evil, frankly, if you look at the results that it's producing. No, and, um, and I think if a mathematician had to look at an equation... A mathematician would be able to see oh, yeah. what is wrong. If, if you turned our country's situation into a maths puzzle or problem and said, here it, here it is, this is the formula for South Africa. Can you fix it? Can you tell me why the X times 2X plus 6 minus Y times 2W is not giving me zero? Yeah. Can you tell me why? I think it would be a very easy problem to fix. Yeah. Lots uh, of cancellation, knock a couple of zeros off. <laughs> We'll all be fine. <laughs> if you'd like to continue the conversation with Alan, you can. Uh, you will find him at, what's your physical address again, Alan? Uh, you'll find him on the uh, Telegram group, Caxton Radio and the Malinic Hour. Did anything come through? I haven't actually got my Telegram open here in the studio. I was, um, I was so absorbed by the microphony. You know what the microphony is? It's a baby microphone. There you go. It's just been hatched or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, look, I think we can have these conversations and there's no harm in doing it because hopefully there's some benefit and people get nuggets from it. But it really would be good if we could somehow figure out what the answers were. We always have these questions, but we very seldom manage to find the answers. Has there been any action on your group? Yes, but we shouldn't talk about it now. Oh, no. <laughs> is, it, is it that bad? No, it's not that bad. Are you going to be leaving the studio with an armed escort? No. And more importantly, will I have to leave the studio with an armed escort? Two, two arms and an escort. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad that there has been some... Uh, <laughs> is the escort's name Doomy? Um, I'm glad that the, uh, there has been some action on the Telegram group. That's cool. Yeah, I, I think that uh, continuing some of these conversations on a podcast, is it's a safe place to do it because we can control some of what goes out there and we don't want it to get ugly, but we do want it to be realistic. Or I do. I want it to be realistic. I would like nothing more than to 
sit in a, a locked room with 10 politicians from all these major parties and actually have a little bit of a truthful discussion with them. Good luck out. having a truthful discussion with any politician wherever they are in the world. Let me tell you, it's not just South Africa that's yeah. dealing with what we're dealing with. And there, that, that exact thing gets back to the fact that the system is broken. Yep. If the system attracts the wrong people, well. So maybe Elon Musk has the right idea. I think well, so we to might leave the country. Need to well, go leave to the Mars. planet. He left the country. We will leave it there because I'd like to play a song before the news. Alan, thank you. It's always very insightful having you in the studio. Thank you. And I'm guessing that had, had you made notes about what you're talking about on the show today, they wouldn't have come anywhere near what the show actually sounded like because that's just how it always is. No, it was blown out the water like a Somalian pirate ship. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's an analogy there for go. you. Right. Oh dear. I'm going to go and find myself a Coke. <laughs> and then Lorette Morgan will have your news. And then it's the coaching hour. Don't forget the coaching hour proudly brought to you by the Green Thumb Nursery and Restaurant. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. It's always good having you here. We shall chat and on. We will. And on and on and on.